You are listening to the Gird Up Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping young men grow into the men God has created them to be. Hey everybody, this is Charlie Ngamak and you are listening to my podcast, the Gird Up Podcast. I'm your host. Today I want to talk about being all in. That's not a new concept. Especially if you've been around me, you've heard me say it, you got to be all in. So I tell my second graders when they're doing their math problems. So I tell basketball teams, is what I tell marching bands, is what I tell football players, is what I tell guys in the gym. You got to be all in if you're really going to be successful at what you're doing. And it applies to our spiritual lives as well. But let's talk about being all in, first of all. If you're all really, truly all into something, you're going to be able to see it. People around you can be able to see it, you're going to feel it. Because if you're really, truly all in, You've done what it takes to be physically prepared and in top form. There's nothing about you physically that's going to keep you or hinder you from performing at your best. If you're a runner, you're not showing up 20 pounds overweight. If you're a wrestler, you're not showing up, well, same problem. If you're a wrestler, you're not going to show up overweight. Um, If you're a football player, you're not going to show up after eating pizza all summer and goofing around and not lifting any weights. If you're a baseball player, you're going to get to the batting cages. Physically, you're going to be prepared. You also got to be prepared mentally and emotionally, and you got to be engaged in the task at hand. If you're not mentally and emotionally engaged in the task at hand, well, folks, you're not going to get very far. Your body can only go as far as your brain goes, and if you're thinking about your girlfriend when you're supposed to be thinking about football, or you're thinking about uh, what's going on at home when you're supposed to be doing your math, or you're thinking about the game you're going to watch later on TV or you're going to play on your Xbox when you're supposed to be doing your choir music, Whatever it might be, if you're only half in mentally, you're only going to be half in physically, and your performance is definitely going to suffer. Finally, you got to be spiritually filled up. Because if you're spiritually filled up, man, you're enabled to pour love and gratitude and encouragement into the people around you because you've examined and refined your own motives. Like If you really know why you're doing something, you're going to be so jacked up and fired up to do it that there's no question that you want to be there and that you want to be doing what you're doing. And if you have no questions about it, man, your performance goes up. Think about basketball teams where they care about each other and love each other. Think about Duke basketball. Coach K does a great job of teaching this. Those guys love each other, and they're never – well, I shouldn't say never. Very rarely is a Duke team really, truly the best five players in the NCAA, but they're always successful, even on their down years where they're ranked like 16th because they love and care about each other and they're spiritually filled up. Okay, um, I read a quote once by Lorraine Monroe. She started an awesome school in um, Harlem, dang it, in New York City. And um, she, <laughs> I just unplugged my, my headphones that accident. Anyway, uh, she. Uh, started a school in Harlem called, uh, oh man, who's my train of thought? Woo! Frederick Douglass Academy is what I was talking about. She started Frederick Douglass Academy in one of her books. She said, you can run on empty physically for quite a while if you are charged up spiritually. But if you're not charged up spiritually, it doesn't matter how rested you are physically, you're not going to be able to keep up. I think she's absolutely right. You got to be charged up spiritually to really be able to do the things you want to do. If you're going to follow Jesus, the same things apply. you got to be all in. Today I want to look at some scripture from Matthew 13, verses 44 and 45. Jesus told his disciples, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, 
he hit it again, and then in his joy, he sold everything he had, and he bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had, and he bought it. Man, these guys we just read about, they are all in. First of all, you got to notice that they're actively looking. You don't find a treasure buried in a field on accident. You got to be digging a hole. You're not going to be walking across the field and find a pile of money. That's just not how money works. That's not how treasure works. Definitely not how buried treasure works. You ever read a pirate book? It's always buried. Anyway, you got to be actively looking for that treasure if you're going to find it. The guy looking for pearls, he didn't find a magical pearl in his backyard. I don't know if it was magical or not, but anyway. He didn't find it in his backyard. He had to go out to the markets. He's got to go out. Maybe he's even diving for pearls. I don't know. But he had to go out and find one. And when he did find one of great value, man, he didn't lose his brain and do something crazy. They were patient and they were prudent. They didn't get carried away or caught up in the moment. They were patient and prudent and they did the things they needed to do in order to get a hold of it. He didn't just say, oh, well, that's really nice, but I can't afford it. He went and sold everything he had so he could buy that pearl. Think about the guy that found in the field. He just dug up buried treasure in a field, and then he's got to go. First, he has to go bury the treasure. Then he has to go sell everything he has and come back to the field and buy it again. He's got to figure out who bought. My guess is he probably had to figure out who owned the field, too. And convinced the guy to sell it, thinking, well, why is this guy so excited about the field? He had to be extremely prudent to do that. And third, <laughs> you got to be courageous. Can you imagine this guy coming home to his wife and saying, hey, sweetheart, I just bought everything we, everything we own. Or, sorry, I just sold everything we own. She goes, what? I can't imagine her being very happy about that. But he needed to do it in order to get his hands on that buried treasure. Or the pearl. Can you imagine him going home? calling his mother hey mom i just sold everything i have but at least i got a really nice pearl but the investment we know because of the way jesus tells this parable we know that that investment is going to pay off we know that because he bought that pearl man now he's got money in his pocket he's gonna be able to buy everything back that he sold and more okay Man, we wish, I wish I could live like these guys. I wish I could be that bold and courageous. And here's the question today. Are you and I all in? I know it's cheesy, but it's a real question we got to consider. Are we really truly all in? All in in God's word, all in our faith and our salvation? Are you actively pursuing your salvation? Are you putting in the work? Well, think about it. Do you study scripture? If you really truly are chasing that heavenly father, if you really truly are pursuing salvation, you're going to crack that Bible. You're going to study scripture. And I don't mean for five minutes every other weekend. Man, you got to get in the word every single day. Set apart time in your day to spend with your heavenly father. For me, I love to listen to the Wells devotions on podcasts on the podcast app on my iPhone on the way to school in the morning. Sometimes I even wake up my roommate with my devotions on in the morning. I love it. It's a great way to start the day. Actually, my alarm is even set to a radio station that plays a devotion. So the first thing I hear in the morning is a hymn and a devotion. It's awesome. I love it. I also love to end my day reading my Bible. I can't tell you how many times I've woken up at 2 o'clock in the morning with the lights still on and a Bible in my lap, and I couldn't be happier about it. you got to spend time in Scripture if you're going to know the Heavenly Father. Okay. Second, you got to have... It's time set aside for meditation and prayer. Not just prayer, but meditation and prayer. You got to think about 
what you're praying about. You got to think about the way the Lord is working in your life and the things that he's doing for you. Um, he, he's pouring blessings out on you and he promises that he will continue to do so. But you're not even going to recognize him if you're not thinking about him. So take time aside to sit quietly with God and make sure you're talking to your heavenly father. This is not a relationship where you don't talk. The Lord's talking to you through scripture and you're talking to the Lord through prayer. So make sure you're talking to your heavenly father and think about who you're praying for. Are you always praying for you or praying about you? There's nothing wrong with that. But you ought to consider praying about other people as well. Make sure that you're not being selfish in your prayers. Finally, are you living it out? And practice is the most important thing in the world. Practice makes, well, per- practice doesn't make perfect, but perfect practice makes perfect. And the more you practice something, the better you're going to be at it, and the more likely you are to succeed. So make sure you're living out those things that you're learning in your prayers and in your study of Scripture. Second, are you patient and prudent? The reality is nothing comes easy. There's nothing on this earth that comes easy that's really worth having. Hey, if it's really truly worth having, it's not going to come easy. I just said that already, and you know it's true. You're not going to get stronger if you don't break down your muscles and lift weights. You're not going to get emotionally stronger if you don't put yourself through the ringer. And you're not going to get smarter if you don't study. you got to be uncomfortable. you got to break some things down in order to get stronger and better. So make sure, make sure, make sure that you don't give up when things get tough. And you also got to be patient enough to understand that things come slowly. The Lord promises that his word is like the snow and like the rain from heaven, it does not come back to the sky without serving the purpose for which it's sent. But think about snow. Snow is not watering your grass in the middle of December. Snow's sitting there on top of your grass in the middle of December, frozen. It doesn't become water and help anything until months later, literally. That's the way God's word works sometimes. Sometimes you're not going to see um, it actively working in your life. Sometimes you're not going to see it actively working in somebody else's life. For years and years to come, sometimes it just serves to harden somebody's heart. But the Lord promises he's going to prosper us and not to harm us and give us hope in a future. Along with that promise that his word is going to do the work for which it was sent. Okay, Always, always make sure you keep your head up, be patient, and prudent. Finally, are you living boldly and courageously? Are you taking those calculated radical risks? Do something crazy every once in a while for the sake of your Heavenly Father. Finally, are you leaving in, leading into your Savior for courage, stability, and strength? There is no other greater source of courage and stability and strength than your Heavenly Father. There's a reason He's there. There's a reason His loving hand is out there for you. He cares about you. He sent His own Son to die for you. He left His throne in heaven to become a baby for you. He stretched out His hands on a cross for you. I think it's safe to say He loves you and cares about you, and He wants the best for you. So make sure you're leaning into your Savior for stability and strength because there is no stability in the world, but there is stability in our eternal, almighty, omnipotent Heavenly Father. So guys, let's have some real talk to finish this off. The way of a child of God is different. The way you and I live as men of God is different. It's going to look weird and strange and silly and dumb and stupid and erratic to people that don't know our Heavenly Father. If they're not on the same path as us, they're not going to understand us. So first of all, you got to surround yourself with people that are on the same path as you, but that's not what this devotion is about today. Today, it's about being different. The world will never understand you. The world will never understand why you do what you do. Live boldly anyway. Paul tells the Ephesians 
in Ephesians chapter 4. He says, don't live or think or act the way the Gentiles do. They've given themselves over to sin. They already live in darkness and they're headed to hell. So why do you care what they think? Live your own life and live boldly because you know the Heavenly Father. You are a child of the light. Live that way and be courageous that way. Be prudent that way. And find strength in Scripture as you pursue your Heavenly Father. God's blessings, you guys. Have a good day. Have a good one. You have just listened to an episode of the Gird Up Podcast, a place where we're helping boys and men grow into the men that God has created them to be. Make sure you're sharing this podcast with your friends and family and relatives and the men around you in your life, both boys and men. And make sure that you follow me on Instagram at Coach Ungermach. Find me on Facebook as Charlie Ungermach. Or you can email me at CoachUngermach at gmail.com. Have a great day.